93 ESPN. Now, live inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill. All right, Sports Bash Live, 97.3 ESPN. Mike and Broads taking you until 6 o'clock tonight. Don't forget the MGPT Top 5 at 5 tonight. It's the uh, Top 5 TV crushes when you were growing up. TV show, not movie, not music, a TV show. All right, so think about them. Text them in, 609-403-0973. Some good ones coming in. A lot of people obviously seem to be... Uh, I don't say obviously. I mean, there could be a wide range of uh, ages listening to the program, but a lot of people seem to be kind of in my wheelhouse, age-wise. Yeah, well, I think even even someone like me, though, like I said, when I'm seven, eight, and I think about these crushes, maybe it lines up. Who knows? I don't remember much when I was seven or eight, like cartoons, maybe. Was I still watching cartoons at seven or eight? You still watching cartoons at seven? I don't remember, really. Well, I think you do, but I'm not going any cartoons on my list here. You know, I'm going. Well, we got somebody who texted in Betty Rubble. It's just not my cup of tea. Yeah, Dave, you can have her. (laughs) (laughs) Um, By the way, last night, I couldn't believe the amount of people on my Twitter feed that were tweeting about WrestleMania 3. Did you see any WrestleMania 3 tweets? Because they showed it on Fox Sports one last night they replayed wrestlemania 3 it was the first time that it had been um replayed on network tell uh, you know on, on regular tv and they played it from start to finish last night now they had commercials and kind of broke through but people were tweeting up a storm about wrestlemania 3 i mean they had all your 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 classic classic characters Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, Randy Macho Man Savage, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, Honky Tonk Man, Jake the Snake Roberts, Heart Foundation, Tito Santana, British Bulldogs, the Killer Bees, uh, Junkyard Dog, King Harley Race. I mean, it was a tremendous card last night. And I was like, wow, look how many people are watching this. I mean, tweeting up a, a, like it was happening in real time. I did not see it, and I'm pretty pissed off that I did not see it. I didn't see tweets or anything, and I know John McMullen's a WWE guy. I know that there's a lot of reporters out there that I follow that are big into the WWE. I don't know how that slipped through the cracks. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you must have a weak people that you follow. I'm, I have plenty of people that I follow that are into that, so for me to not see it, yeah. maybe I was caught up in some reality TV shows. Oh, boo, come on. Well, did you watch it all? Yeah, I watched WrestleMania 3 from start to finish. And the funny part was I put it on, and my girlfriend was there watching it, and she was doing, like, the commentary. You know, and I would be like, what do you call that? She's like, I call that the step over. Like, when the time when uh, there was a time where, like, um, Harley Race, or no, uh, Andre the Giant, when Hogan was on his back, and Andre stepped on him and then walked right over top of him, you know, she'll do, like, ooh, there's the arm dragger. You know, so she's just making up some stuff. Absolutely, but it's the best commentary period. Now I gotta say, uh, Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse the Body Ventura as a play-by-play and color commentary tandem, they are historically maybe the best commentary team in wrestling history. So those two were great. But when she throws in her little commentary, like just like little, you know, there's the arm dropper. So good. Uh, yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure there's got to be some sort of emotional tie to that. Honky tonk man. I think it was the Honky Tonk Man. He did just like the eye, like like a Three Stooges poke uh, the eye poke last night. 
And she was like, did he just do a Three Stooges eye poke right there? I mean, like, these are, this was a show. This was an event. This was like, not now. Like, everything now is like, you know, so different from back then. But that was just like the pageantry of the whole situation. And um, what, who was it last night that did the eye poke? It was it was just tremendous. Like, just threw an eye poke in there. Boom. Well, oh, it was, I love it was Roddy Roddy Piper. Oh, how about that? Yeah, Piper did the eye poke to Adrian Adonis. <laughs> this is giving me the chills a little bit. It's funny you mention this, though. I was thinking to myself the other day uh, how pathetic the new WWE is, and don't ask me how that popped into my brain. There's a lot of things that pop into my brain where I think, well, what the hell are you doing, Broads? But this was one of them with the WWE. I would love to go back in time, and I'm sure that you can find streams of this somewhere and download them all, and just watch the iconic, and, and I mean in order, too, where it all makes sense. But the iconic WWF, I'm talking. You know, I want to go through those type of wrestling matches where yeah, well, it this was is, Stone Cold and The well, Rock all and right, all so that. That is like the WW, like E, like the Attitude Era, which is like the 90s where like the Monday Night Wars where you had WCW. Yeah, I against, loved it all, though. I mean, I even loved the WWF part of things, too. Right, the WWF was like the Saturday morning cartoon. Like, we're talking about TV crushes. This was on Saturday morning at, like, you know, noon. You would see, like, Hulk Hogan up against, like, John Smith. And, you know, he would just do all his five moves and get that guy out of there in two minutes. Like, you know, here's uh, Big John Studd up against, like, Raul Ramirez. And it's like, you know, John Studd is just absolutely torturing this guy and then like king kong bundy's up against two jamokes you know like just two ra random joes that they just found in the crowd like we're gonna take two guys and put them up against king kong bundy and then bundy would just splash them both and they would just be like oh you know but now it's unwatchable i don't even know how people tune in to wwe now i, no, I can't no, no, even no. watch See, for not, more than I, two minutes well with no crowd it is tough but i'm no i'm hater. not even talking i'm talking regular life is normal there's people in the crowd i can't get into today's wrestling now I, I i wish i had the time to be able to like i that's one thing that i'm disappointed that i've kind of like lost in my life is this like i don't have the ability to sit there and do three hours of raw uh, Wednesday night, watch the NXT and the AEW show. I'd like to watch, you know, I'd like to be able to keep, but I just don't have the time. So if I can't, like, keep up with them, I, I, I had to get out. Well, don't you think, realistically, all you need to do is follow Raw and SmackDown? Or am I out of the loop? No, NXT is probably the best product that they have. And AEW apparently is uh, been, I have not watched a lot of the AEW, which is like a new rival kind of competitor. And apparently they are, even more like uh you know exciting than the, the nxc is probably the best brand raw and smackdown have turned into like variety shows like you exactly know. that's why i can't i mean my my prime was booker t ray mysterio and i know that's even that's sort of you know it, it's not the the hulk hogan era which i really appreciated as well but like my legit prime where every single time it was on it was the ray mysterio the booker t the john cena the randy orton i mean that was when i was engaged every time raw and smackdown edge yeah edge is back by the way i saw that after like nine years of retirement he is back uh by the way who was someone... he dating leela the chick with the red hair lita well, that was, was it Lita? That Lita. was a whole storyline, though. She was dating Matt Hardy. Yes. And then um, 
basically um, Ed stole her from Matt Hardy in like a storyline, but in actuality, it kind of happened. And then those two guys behind closed doors hated each other because Matt Hardy was dating Lita in real life. They were going to get married, and she was messing around with Edge, and they made that a real-life story. And those guys would go out in the ring and just start really punching each other and, like, beating the crap out of each other because they legitimately hated each other. Now, does this classify as television? Could she be on my list? No. Um, Why not? Uh, I mean, sure, I guess. I mean, Okay. That's, that's all I wanted to know. So Lita would make your list? I think so. Uh, by the way, this is from Matt in Dennisville. He said, since you guys are talking about WrestleMania 3, you guys ought to check out a show on Vice Channel called Dark Side of the Ring. Great show. I watch it every week. It's on Tuesday nights on Vice. I don't know what time it's on. I always watch it afterwards. But it goes through, like, these, you know, wrestling legendary stories, like the Montreal Screwjob, uh, Jimmy Snuka murdering his girlfriend, um, the last one I think was, uh, Dino Brava, the murder of Dino Bravo, but it goes through like all these like wrestling legendary stories in like an hour long, like documentary form. Hmm. I might have to check it out. Yeah. It's called dark side of the ring. It's on the vice network. I think you can watch it on YouTube. Actually. YouTube's got everything. If you just YouTube it, you'll see it on there. I watch it on YouTube all the time. I just searched dark side of the ring and they have it. The one this year was the Chris Benoit. Uh, they did the whole, it was a two-episode, two-part, um, two-episode whole thing on the Benoit thing. You know, obviously he murdered his kids and his mo- his wife and then murdered himself. Uh, and then he has basically been scrubbed from WWE's existence. But that show, Dark Side of the Ring. Josh, have you ever watched the Dark Side of Europe? Josh was out of wrestling. And now because of this pandemic, looking for live sports, he got himself back into wrestling. That's correct. And, and I don't think that's a bad thing. No. And I'm actually very impressed of how well they've done, in my personal opinion, with the stories without the crowd. I, I think there's a level of intimacy Whoa. and and rawness with Whoa. the WWE product Whoa. without Josh, the crowd. Uh, poor choice of words here. Uh, see, and that's where I, I, try, I did watch WrestleMania this year because it's like, okay, I'm watching. It's like I'm going to see WrestleMania and just see. I wanted to see. I had a hard time. And I and it's not the performer's fault, but it shows you how important the crowd really is to the product. In fact, I listened to this podcast. It's called 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff. He was the guy who headed WCW when they were beating WWF in the ratings. There was like an 83-week period when they went head-to-head on Monday nights, and WCW Nitro would beat Monday Night Raw, and it beat it for 83 consecutive weeks. And they go back through all of the weeks of like what was going on at the time on both shows and right. why Nitro was winning. And he said, look, you can have the biggest stars and have the most talent, but if the other product is just looks better on TV, they're going to win. Like their presentation is better. Their graphics are better. Their everything's better. You can have 500 people in the building in a better talent and better product. But if the other TV station has 5,000 people going nuts, that product just looks better, presented better on TV. People are going to watch the lousier product if it's presented better, is essentially what he was saying. I don't think that there's a flaw in that whatsoever. I think that makes a lot of sense. And that's what's going on on Wednesday nights, because NXT and AEW go up against each other at the same time. So you essentially have to pick which one you want to watch. 
If you put them both on at the same time, AEW is in arenas, not right now, but when they were on with fans, they were in eight to 10,000 seat arenas where NXT was in a 500 seat little soundstage. Now, do you think that there's people out there like us? We have Red Zone and we have the Eagles game on. Bang, bang. Both at the same time. We're going crazy on Sundays watching it all. Possible. Well, do you think that there's people who do that with the the two wrestling? I'm sure they flip back and forth, but I guess you could DVR one and go watch it afterwards. Uh, is that the same, though? You nah. might see what happens. I know for me, I haven't gone over to AEW because I am I feel like I have a limited amount of TV watching time. So... I just you're I'm missing just, out. The AEW I'm just all product WWE. is really good. I, the, I go all three. The AEW product not only is really good. They have Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone calling the action. Well, yeah, that's what you got. You oh, got the yeah. historic voice. Yes, you got Jr. doing the whole match. They got Jericho over there. My God, Jericho! My God, Jericho! He hit him with the belt. That son of a. He hit him with the belt. Solid job there. I'd say it's probably like a. Six point nine seven. I'm going with like a four two. Oh come on! You just you just don't like any impression he does. Yeah. All right, coming up, we we'll get the headlines in about uh, thirteen minutes from now. We will uh, check in on some of the top stories. You know, I mentioned Gary Bettman. I'll bring him back up today because I just I'm surprised you didn't see Gary Bettman. You're the hockey guy here. Yeah, I'm impressed. When I heard you say his name, I didn't even know you knew who he was. <laughs> I've actually shook Bettman's hand and said hello to him once. Was it a firm shake? What was his handshake like? Dead fish. Ooh. Yep. Not good. Wasn't impressed. You know, I when, wasn't impressed with your first handshake. I'm not going to lie. Is that true? No, that's not true <laughs> at all. <laughs> uh, do you judge a man based on the handshake? I think it's very important. I'm not going to say that you're a good or bad person based off that, but I do think I want a good, firm guy, and you, I want some icons. Well, how do you feel about the potential of moving forward of no handshakes? Well, what would you do, an elbow touch? Well, they're talking about, you know, a bow or the elbow. Like the, the Basically, they're suggesting that the handshake's going to be gone. What about an, an air bump, but you don't actually connect? Um, That sounds... I mean, when I was in college... We had this whole week around the campus where we were bringing back the high five. And we would just walk up to randos on the street being like, yo, we're bringing back the high five. Let's go. And they'd look so at you like a total You'd go nut. up high. It would yeah. be like a, you know, over yeah, the head. up high. High five. Let's go. We're bringing it back. High five. And then that would be the what you're talking about because the person would look at us like a nut and not do it. They'd be like, what? Huh? No. No high five. We're not bringing back the high five. It's, it's the high five's out. See, I don't think the high. See, there's certain situations where the high five remember, is okay. You've seen in basketball. Remember, this all is the time. Ni- this is 1996. I'm talking about here. The high five was out back then. Now it's back. See, I would think in '96 it was a hot item. I was one years old. I was walking down the street, high five, and everyone. That high five at one. I was at one. Well, yeah. yeah, one years old. It was like, yo, pops, high, thanks, man. High five was out back then. We tried to bring it back. We'd walk around campus. Yo, high five. We're bringing it back, and they'd be like, Nah, high five's beat. Well, then, I mean, you guys were essentially the morons in this scenario. Well, you know, we were trying to bring something back from our childhood, the high five. And, like, you know, we we're like, no, nobody high fives anymore. Let's bring it back this week. Walk down campus, going down University High Street. Yo, bring it back the high five. What do you think? Nah, no high five. Now, I think you were probably drunk when this conversation of bringing it back occurred. And it then may... sober, you realized, wow, this was awful. Yeah, it may or may not been after two waiting for a cab on High Street, you know, when you just uh, bang down a chili dog with uh, Texas Pete. I don't know. 
could have happened. But that being said, the high five is probably going to be gone from the, the handshake is essentially going to be gone from society. I mean, I don't know, five years from now, are we going to still be in this like ultra cleansiness bubble that we live in where you're cleaning hands and you're so cognizant of it? I don't know. What about two years from now? What about three years from now? When is it going to be like, because we as humans and the society that we live in, we eventually re-comfort ourselves back to, you know, when you get a new job, that first week you feel kind of like, ooh, I don't know what people think. That second week you start to feel more comfortable. By week three, you feel like you've worked there for 10 years and you're busting the guy's stones who, uh, you know, don't even barely even know his name. Right. No, it's it's very weird, this whole society thing when it comes to the touching. Like the other day, my one of my best friends asked me to be in his wedding. I said, thanks, dude. Like, do I hug you? Do I give you a high five? What do I do? I are, you, thanks, man. are you a best man or just in it? No, I'm just in it. But this is the first wedding I've ever actually been in. So oh, I'm wow. Okay, yeah. I, I've been through a few. And some yeah, people, so his brother's the best man. I got the, uh, I got the, just in the wedding. Okay, yeah. I've been, I've been, I've never been the best man. Just, you know, all my really, really good friends, they're not married. But a lot of my friends, I've been in their wedding and some of their second and thirds. See, right now we're in the dilemma of all of the – that's great, by the way. All of the <laughs> – I was um, going to say, did that one just go right over your head? <laughs> it, did, it did. It did. It went right over my head. But this summer, all of the weddings I had planned got moved to next summer on top of the ones that already were planned for next summer. Next summer is going to be yeah. all over the place. There was a summer where I – and that was a fall, actually, where I had uh, five weddings in a six-week span. Wow. Yeah. And I They're was, expensive, too. Oh, Woo. and I was in four of them. Oh, wow. Yeah, so when you're in it, it's even a little bit more because you got to go get a tux. You got to do a little bit more. You got to go to that next level. Did you uh, Did you bring back the high five that, that for that stretch? Well, these were back in like the 90s. I mean, nah, I guess when people, my friends were getting married, it was early 2000s. I think the high five was probably back in vogue by then. I didn't know if you walked down the aisle giving high fives as he was walking down to no. go up to the altar. But we were just talking about this wedding on Sunday with my next door neighbor, who's my childhood friend, he uh, he randomly lives next door to me, which is really bizarre. I haven't seen the guy, you know, until now I see him every day. I hadn't seen him in like 20 years. And now he's my next door neighbor. So Sunday, you know, our backyards, we don't, you've been to my house. We don't have a fence. You've met the guy, by the way. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. So we don't have a fence that separates us. So, you know, he crosses over to the backyard and we're telling some stories and we're talking about this wedding where my friend got married, and there was like nine of us in the wedding party, but his wife didn't have nine people to match. So he was on the girl's side, and he had to walk down the aisle with another guy, and the dude carried him down the aisle as the bridesmaid. <laughs> oh, man, no. Talk about losing dignity, no? <laughs> well, I mean, she, he had nine friends, and I guess she didn't, or didn't have nine people that she felt to, to put in the party. So we had to even it out by putting some guys on the girl's side. But why, why the carry method? Why not just walk and point, keep your dignity? I think that by that point, they were just embracing that, like, I'm the odd man out here, and i got to go down the aisle. He's going to carry me as if I was like a girl getting walked down the aisle by this guy, like this strong guy carrying me down the aisle. But I remember it vividly, him jumping up in his arms, and here's my buddy holding him like, hey, I got him. That's actually hilarious. <laughs> Sports Pass Live, 97.3 ESPN. I promise I do have this Larry Brown audio. And I want to play it because it's really good. He said something that I don't know, and I hope he's accurate. I don't know that he is. I don't know that it can actually happen. Bro's got headlines coming up on the other side. We will get into them. 
Football at four. Andrew DeCecco is back. Yesterday, we did his 53-man roster predictions on the offense. Today, we're going to do his 53-man roster projections on the defensive side of the ball with Andrew DeCecco coming up today at football at four. It's the Sports Pass Live on 97.3 ESPN. Let's bring back the high five. What do you say? You know, you know, on those Zoom calls, you can do a high five. Well, it's actually a raise your hand, I believe. I thought they have a raise your hand and a high five. Or Oh, maybe they do. Yeah. So let's bring it back. What do you say? Sports bash. By the way, MGPT top five at five tonight. It's our five top five TV crushes from when we were growing up. Sports Bash Live, 97.3 ESPN, at Mike Gill Show on Twitter, at Broads81. 97.3 ESPN tonight. Keith Smith will talk a little NBA with us in an hour from now. I can't wait to hear what he's got to say because he really has been the guy with this whole Florida thing. Does he think, uh, we told you about the breaking news from Florida. Essentially, the governor of Florida has come out and said, any sports team that does not have a place to play, you can play right here in the great state of Florida. I don't see a problem with that at all. I think that's actually smart. Is it? Well, and, and <laughs> if you see what the MLB is doing and they're trying to use all these facilities, it makes more sense to go to one location is, is what I meant. Arizona also has said that teams can play there if they need it. Like L.A. doesn't look like Los Angeles or California is going to let people play there. Uh, Detroit has already come out and said Michigan that there will be no crowds in their buildings at all this year uh, for the most part. Like Lions games, they don't see anybody there. So these places could potentially go play in these other places. Now, the question is, do those places start to let fans in? And that's where it gets a little tricky. Josh asked a question. We'll get to your headlines in just a second. But Josh asked a question on his show today, and nobody really gave us a a sufficient answer for me. And Josh said for two months he's been wondering, what does what New Jersey does? Why does it mean what we're doing is right and so what they're doing in Florida is wrong? Nobody's right or wrong, by the way. But the impact is, here's the problem with this thing. Forget the 50 states of of the United States. Let's say every single human being in the United States didn't leave their house. We all stayed in. We all followed the laws. No essential workers were out, and everybody just stayed in the house. That's great for us. But if another country isn't following that, we're still at risk because someone from that country. Now, and if you shut off all the borders and said there's no travel here, that's a different story. But if somebody from there came here or somebody from here went there, everything can get broke back down. So what happens in Colorado does affect New Jersey. If Colorado's open and New Jersey's not, and New Jersey says, you know what? I got to get out of New Jersey. I'm just going crazy. So I'm going to fly to Colorado because they're open. And then you go hang around Colorado for a while because they're open there. And then you fly back here. Now, all of a sudden you've been in Colorado for a little while and then you flew back here. So Colorado being open does have an effect on New Jersey. Yeah, I think that the be- the best way to comprehend what you were going with there is to keep it within the United States just because no one's going to China. No one from China is coming in here. We we pretty much have that on lockdown at this point. So you're right. If 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 another place is open, if people want to go to Florida to get out of the house and then they come back to South Jersey after they went to Florida so they can get some fresh air, right. well that totally just ruined everything in the South Jersey area in their respected Right. Circle. And if you're somebody who's like, look, Florida's open but New Jersey's not, I'm gonna do it's a quick flight to two hours to Florida. They got baseball down there. 
you know, maybe baseball starts letting 500 fans into the spring training game uh, stadium. And then, you know, you're a Jersey person who went down to Florida. You were one of the 500 fans. And who knows what happens? But to answer Josh's question, we're all tied together because of how potentially easily somebody could get it there and bring it back here and restart everything back up again. Absolutely. And and I just was talking to a family member about this, and they were talking about how they had a trip down to the Jersey Shore locked down for a while now, and it's July 4th week. I'm like, oh, yeah, we're going. You know, we're just going to hope for the best. And, uh, and I'm thinking, you know, there's so many people doing that, not just my family member. Multiply that by $3 billion. Right. Now, that's another <laughs> thing is, you know, if Jersey's open, PA's not. The PA people are going to say, well, we're not open. We're going to go down to Jersey. So now Jersey being open has now affected PA. Or and vice that's versa. What, uh, a lot of the North Jersey people who are around New York City have started to come down towards this way because they want to get away from what's happening by New York, and now it's starting to go down the state. Correct. So uh, that's why there is some effect on what each state decides to do. You know, there's a really weird situation going on in the District of Columbia where they're closed, but Virginia and Maryland are both opened. But the District of Columbia has parts of Virginia and Maryland basically within footsteps of either side. That's when the technicality comes into play, huh? Really crazy. And just think, the District of Columbia, which is where the federal government resides, is still closed. (laughs) This is, my head can't wrap around any of this stuff. (laughs) Right, exactly. So, all right, what do you got today? Okay, well, we are going to start off with some football. And the Rams reveal their new uniforms. And I feel like the Rams are, are getting destroyed on social media almost every single year for some sort of new uniform. It does seem that way. Well, here they have a new look, and I know you've seen the new look. I want to know your initial thoughts. Yeah, well, originally when they moved, see, there's this whole weird rule, which I don't know why the NFL does this, where when they moved from St. Louis back, they kind of had a little bit different of a, a helmet look. And their helmet color didn't match the blue of their jersey color. But then they had the white helmet, too. Remember that? They had, like, the white helmet for a little while. And then they had the blue helmet. So they have had some weird variations of their uniforms when they had, like, the blue, like the mid, the, the midnight blue with the gold when they were in St. Louis. And then they kind of tweaked it when they went back to L.A. And it was kind of like the old Rams, but they wouldn't let them change their helmets. So they had like the midnight blue helmet, but like the Ram blue, uh, whatever color, that would be like more of a royal blue. The Rams have just seemed to not be able to get this right. Like the classic Ram uniform, like the baby blue, uh, like the royal blue and yellow with the Ram horns. That's what you need to go with. Just stick with those things. All these teams... I'm tired of them tweaking. I feel like the Eagles haven't changed uniforms since they went from Kelly Green to Midnight Green. Like, there's been no tweaks, no variations, no changes. It's just that's what it is. That's the Eagle uniform. And, look, I'm not a Kelly Green guy. I don't care about the Kelly Green. The Midnight Green's fine for me. These teams change uniforms so damn often, I don't even know which ones. Like, the Rams have, like, six new ones coming out. And if I saw these unis, the first thing I think of is Pac-12 football. It seems like a college football uniform to me. It doesn't scream NFL. You got to be more, I don't know really how to describe it, but somewhat bland. It doesn't need to pop so much. You know, you see these college teams, it's pop, it's loud, it screams at you. 
with this blue and yellow concept and even the white jerseys, it seems like it has to pop. Well, it have, doesn't need to be that way. The one thing that I realized in the jersey is it's this blue and the yellow is really weird. And the yellow kind of like progressively gets lighter. It's like a yellow. And then the number, it kind of goes down, down. The, the shade of yellow gets lighter and lighter and lighter. It's like they really try too hard, I feel like. And then the the white ones, the 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 numerals on there they look like like they were digits coming from like a cartoon. I'm with you. I think it, it's got a college vibe to it, and I think that's the wrong way to go when you're playing NFL. You got to be just smooth, simple, and nice. Yeah, I don't like them. Uh, and, and the Rams have really had some problems with the whole uniform scheme since they got back to L.A. Uh, but did you see what I mean with the the the, the yellow number? It kind of yeah, like fades. It kind of like it fades as it goes down the jersey side. I like the, yeah, it, it fades to white. I like the fact that they went, they stuck with the blue on the yellow pant. You know, the yellow pant, although it looks kind of like pit, which I can do without. <laughs> I agree, it does. But I, I'm I'm anti, so my answer is no. Yeah, Figure I'm something out. else. Out. I'm out. And remember, they had, you know, they went from the they had the blue ram helmet with the white ram thing the one year with the yellow uniform, so the helmet and the uniform didn't match at all. It made no, no sense. sense. Someone's got to be in there and, and say, we got we to gotta fire anyone who makes these jerseys, unless it's the owner coming up with this, and then you're just essentially screwed. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm down on the Ram Uni. As am I. All right, so number two, Cam Newton is still out there in free agency. What do you have to say about this? Is this is this crazy? Is there not one team right now willing to take a shot on Cam Newton? I think a lot of it could be Cam waiting for it. Like, all right, here's the mindset that Cam Newton has to have. Number one, is there a starting job open? Probably not, right? Where is there a starting job that's definitively, hey, I can go there and battle for the starting job? I can't really, not one jumps off the page at me. What about just say I'm spitballing here? The Oakland Raiders, Derek Carr. Do you believe in Cam Newton over Derek Carr? They brought Marcus Mariota in. That's very true. Okay. okay, you're right. One area would be you could have said the Chargers, but they drafted Justin uh, Herbert, so that's probably out as well. But before the draft, you could have said, okay, what about there? I don't see a legitimate place where he could say I'm going to go there and I'm definitively going to be the starter. You might like them better than somebody's quarterback like Dwayne Haskins or um, you know Jones in New York. You might say, but those guys were drafted so high that they're not going to get dumped after one year. So if well, you're well, Cam I Newton, are you waiting it out and see if there's an injury? Very possible. Matt Rule on this release thinks that Teddy Bridgewater is a better fit at the quarterback position. Now, would you agree with that? You're starting a franchise right now. Uh, the Philadelphia Mike Gills. I would hate to play for that team. But that's the name of the squad. Who's um, your quarterback? Teddy Bridgewater or, see, I like, or Cam Newton? I like Bridgewater. I'm a, I'm a big Bridgewater guy. I think he's You like a, the glove? I, no, I think he's a leader. I think he's that guy that just wins. Like It's not pretty sometimes, but he just gets it done. You know, Does he have the clutch gene in him? I'm not sure. He never really played in that big of a game yet, but I feel like that's just... He's, you know, the day on the draft, he kind of got, um, he, he slipped his whole um, combine, that whole thing where he didn't look good and he was slipping and he ends up slipping. And then he's been, you know, last year when Breeze went down, ah, Bridgewater hasn't played, comes in and goes 5-0. and oh. He essentially 
save the season. He's the poster child for you need a good backup quarterback if you want me to go down that road again, which I won't. But, no, I like Bridgewater. If I'm Carolina, I think it was kind of smart to kind of clean my hands and move on from that Cam Newton situation because, quite frankly, um, you got new everything in there. You got new blood. Let's start over with a fresh quarterback. So I'm not suggesting that Bridgewater is definitively better than Newton, but I understand the change. So if I'm Cam Newton right now, there's no seat at the table for me. I'm basically waiting until somebody gets too full and has to get up, and then I can take their seat. Okay, and and I think you put that very well, the, the Teddy Bridgewater thing. It's not as if Teddy Bridgewater is some insane elite talent that's significantly better than Cam Newton, but because you're making a change, because you got a new head coach in here who I believe has all the power, yep. why not start fresh? Just start fresh, you know, get a new look, get a new everything. Uh, it was kind of getting rocky with Newton towards the end there. I mean, obviously he got hurt, didn't play. He wasn't very good. Kind of time to move on, get your own identity as the coach. Move on. Okay, I would have to agree. Okay, so for the third headline here, we're going to go into some Netflix because I've been crushing some Netflix lately, scrolling through some shows, and, and I saw a list of the best Netflix original series in 2020. Mm -hmm. And a couple of these shows that I have brought up on this show You've been anti, but they've made this list. And I just feel like I, I want to get your opinion on some of these shows if you have seen them. Oh, and if man. not, maybe you would be interested in it. But, you know, the first that pops up is Too Hot to Handle. Now, now this is a show where it's it's up my alley. It has a, a bunch of hot singles, if you will. Yep. And they are addicts of pleasure, if you know where I'm I going. I have seen, like, on Netflix now, first off, I'm not a fan of the Netflix that when you go over it, it automatically goes into the preview. That's a pain in my ass. So, everyone, so you skip that instantly? Well, everyone that you like hover over, the damn preview starts. Well, they do that to catch your attention. I know, but I don't, I don't want the preview of the ones. I, if I want the preview, I'll put the damn preview on myself. So if I switch over to one, the preview starts. If I say, no, I don't want to see it, then I go over to the next one. I just want it to hover over something without any noise. I just want to read the damn thing. but This I, is a Larry David problem. Uh, I, I don't need a preview. I, I, I don't need it. I mean, come on. So my girlfriend's son, who's 14, apparently he has gotten into watching that a little bit because it'll say, continue watching, Mike? And I'm like, I didn't watch this. Oh, that's what you're trying to perceive here. And you know your girlfriend's listening to the show right now, so this is <laughs> all just a fake thing you're putting on a fake show i doubt she's watching uh listening to the show but she certainly uh sees when we go to netflix because the netflix account is in my name and it's like you know too hot to handle do you want like tiger king it says do you want to continue watching mike i haven't watched tiger king well it, it's interesting you bring that show up as well my point is i, I brought up some great shows to you that's worth watching and you poo poo them as you do and they make this list, top shows on Netflix. I think you need to give them a shot. Well, I, I told you the other day that uh, I tried Peaky Blinders. The problem was we were having some hard time understanding the audio. And it was like we're really, you know, they, they have a very thick Irish accent in the show. And it was really hard to understand. So we kind of got out of the Peaky Blinders. Now, I heard it was really good. I would give that one maybe another shot. The Tiger King, I'm not watching. I'm out on the Tiger King. And here we are three weeks later. I don't hear Tiger King at all anymore. That is so out. It is so outdated by now already. That shows you it didn't stand the test of time. Well, yeah, it, it's like it's stupid comedy. But there's one on here that I, I want to know if you saw or not. I haven't seen it. 
It's the Aaron Hernandez documentary. I have. You saw it. I have seen that Aaron Hernandez documentary, and I saw the one that was on the, uh, I don't know what other, there was another network that they had that did one as well. I saw both of them. Now, which one do you think was better? Um, What was it? Oh, IDTV. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, I thought that one was pro. They were both pretty good. They were similar. They were similar. I did watch the Hernandez one. It's worth. It's worth, definitely worth watching. Um, Ozark, which is in the probably the top ten right now. I still saw that. I told you yesterday to watch Dead to Me. The new season just came out. It's the number one show on Netflix right yep, now. That, that is on the list. Number one, it is right now. Now it came out on the ninth. The new season came out on the ninth. We weren't done watching the Americans yet, and last night we were about to start Dead to Me when I came across WrestleMania three. <laughs> now, I did just think you brought up like when it's released. I know a buddy that is waiting for the last dance to finish, and then he's going to watch all of them in like one grind. Yeah. Now, I personally couldn't do that when there's no sports going on. How do you feel about that? You know, I'm so um, I'm so the uh, uh, like split on that whole like the way we watch tv now like these shows that come out you wait for a year and a half for them and then you watch 10 episodes in two days and it's like i waited a year and a half and now i watch the whole thing and it's done when's the next season coming out <laughs> when we just watched the americans and i said we just watched that in three weeks or something like that and i said to my girlfriend like could you imagine going on that six-year journey? That was six seasons, 75 episodes. I said, can you imagine watching whatever night of the week that was on for an hour and the cliffhanger and having it like we used to do back in the day, but for six years of waiting to find out what was going to happen to Philip and Elizabeth and Paige and, um, you know, Stan and the whole story. I, 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 so there's a beauty of going through the journey over the six-year span, and then there's this also thing, like, I can watch it however I want. Like, um, that Dead to Me, we watched the first season in two days. And then the second season just came out. We'll probably finish that in two days. I mean, it's like ten episodes. So I don't know which one I prefer, actually. I think there is the charm of every week getting there and just, like, settling in. But like we're doing with The Last Dance right now. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. There's somewhat of a, it, it's a painful beauty. And I go through that with, um, I'll, I'll rock the bachelor. I, you're, we've talked about this before. Are, are you a bachelor person sometimes with uh, the girlfriend? I watched it this season, um, the bachelorette with uh, Hannah Brown. Yes. And then this season I did watch with uh, the guy who, whatever his name was. Right, no, and I'm with you, but there's a beauty of you're with the girlfriend, you know, all right, hey, tonight's the night, you get the popcorn going, you watch a little bit of The Bachelor, The Bachelorette. There's something to be said about waiting for that day to to come up on, on the schedule. All right, so the next one. Dan Orlovsky is catching a little bit of heat for his love for Carson Wentz. Do you think that he is going overboard with how much he defends Carson? Um... Not yes and no. I mean, I think he is obviously kind of playing it up more because that's the stance that he is taking. But I do legitimately think that. So I think it is sensationalized somewhat because of the platform that he's on. 
But I do think that he legitimately believes that people, you know, are too tough on Carson or don't judge him correctly based on the parameters that are kind of uh, given to him, which is a lack of weapons, a lot of the injuries last year. You know, these guys yesterday, they were talking about, is he a top 10 or a top five? And, you know, Carson Wentz, for me, if if I have the opportunity, you know, he is as talented as any quarterback in the league. If you give him the white right weapons, I can win a Super Bowl with that guy. Couldn't agree more. And, and I'll say the difference between Orlovsky and some of the other people, you know, Max Kellerman said something that, uh, that was trending on Twitter, and it is a hilarious video. And I think this was from a while ago, but the question was, you're in the NBA Finals and you have the last second shot. Do you want Iguodala on there with the ball or do you want Steph Curry? And he says Iguodala. Now, to me, you know, you're just trying to spark people up and you're trying to get people pissed off on first take. But Dan Orlovsky is a smart football mind who will back up what he says with film. He will put it out on Twitter. He will break it down. He'll give you the X's and O's. He will tell you and inform you logically on why he believes what he says. It's not first take where he'll just come out and say something blasphemous, if you will. No, he does. He does do the video nonsense. breakdown. He does do the video breakdowns a lot on Twitter, and he'll explain to you why he's saying what he says. I think Orlovsky is fair, but I think it feels sensationalized because of the platform. And I can agree with that. But but there's also you know you have people pushing the buttons on the other side. So you know he loves Carson Wentz and he's defending Carson Wentz so heavily. But that's because the nature of the business and and what he's on. Somebody on the other side is a Dak guy or a Cowboy guy. And the point of it is to, you know, spark these two, which makes it seem like he's going over the top. Yeah, no no question. And the one thing is, too, you're in a situation where a lot of times, you know, you are the one guy in the foxhole all by yourself. And that's, yes, that, and, that, and you got to, you know, you're getting backed up against the wall and you, you got you to gotta fight. That's right, all exactly. Right. So on NFL.com. I, I do want to throw this in real fast. I just got yes. this text from Aaron in Little Egg Harbor. She said, hey, just a tip. Watch Peaky Blinders with subtitles on, and they're talking, they're, their accents are British, not Irish. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that. I'm watching a, a show where they're in the U.K. right now, and there's Irish people on there, and, and you got, you know, the, the British accents. They all sound the same to me, but on the show, they're like, oh, I love the Irish accent. And I'm sitting here like, they sound the same. Which What, what show is that? Love Island. Oh, get the hell out of here. What do you mean, get the hell out of here? I know good TV. I you thought, don't. I thought you were giving me one of these Netflix shows. It is. Oh, it's on Hulu. Yeah. It's on Hulu. Like, you All should right. watch The 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 Stranger and The Five, and there's another one by all the same writer, uh, Harlan Coben. They're all 10 episodes. They all speak British. They all, you know, have English accents. Uh, all three of them, though, take you on, like, this dramatic, like, you know, murder mystery tour. I'll have to check. I'll out. give you the third one. I'll get the third title, but it's the stranger, the five and the other one. I can't remember the name, but I'll get it. All right. I'll have to uh, check it out. All right. So for this one, the NFL.com put out the number one overall draft picks of 2010 and they were ranked so of the 2010s. And first on the list is Cam Newton over Andrew Luck. Would you agree with that or disagree? Third is Miles Garrett. I mean, this is a very interesting list to the point where Sam wait, wait, Bradford so what, actually clocked in a tent. What was the t what was the list? It's the number one overall draft picks of the 2010s, okay. and they were ranked one the, through ten. Okay, of the decade. Okay, and yes. who was number one? 
Number one was Cam Newton. Over Andrew Luck. Over Andrew Luck. I don't have a big problem with that. Cam Newton was the MVP of the league, by the way. He went to a Super Bowl. His team was 15-1. and one. What, what, is, what is Andrew Luck's most memorable moment? That is very true. But, but the people who would argue that this is wrong would say that Andrew Luck is flat out the better quarterback. You might say just off the eye test that you might prefer Andrew Luck's talents, but I'm going off of the fact that Cam Newton's had more success. Okay, I would imagine, but- and I don't know this, Andrew Luck, let's see if I can do it fast, real fast here. Andrew Luck is a career 53-33. and 33. All right, so he's 20 games over 500. That's pretty darn good, by the way. 53 and 33, and Cam Newton 68, 55 and 1. So, I mean, he's not, it's not like he's terrible. Plus, he was the MVP of the league. Well, how about this, though? They have number 10, Sam Bradford, just based off the fact that how much money he is. Now, earned. So, they're not even, <laughs> they're not even putting into account his skill. That's like me yesterday putting the uncredited nurse in from Seinfeld because that moment was just so perfect. Like, hey, he made the most money. He's getting in number ten just because he beat the system. Nah, would you would you put Baker Mayfield over Jameis Winston? Um, they're both included, or one of them. They included? are. That just shows you the the power Is of the this number one pick. The best quarterback to the two thousand tens. No, it was the best number one overall pick. Oh, best number one overall pick. Okay. Correct. Sorry, I didn't. I, I thought you said the best draft pick. Oh, well, well, okay, no, that's why Sam Bradford would be in there because they're talking about number one overall pick. Right, uh, but he stinks. I would go Winston's career has been better than Mayfield. I would agree. They had it flip-flopped up. I mean, ba- Baker had one good season his rookie year, and last year he was not very good. Who are the other guys on that list? You got... Uh, yeah, I got to Davion Clowney, Jared Goff, Kyler Murray, Miles Garrett. Huh. All right, football at four on the other side. 